You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host, and tonight I'm joined by John and the owner of Scottish Football Forums, Craig. How you doing, guys? Evening, I'm good. Yourself? Ah, oh, right. oh. oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be on. I'm excited to be on as a guest. You sound excited, guy. <laughs> yeah, you take the helm. Oh, I'm excited. Maybe my voice doesn't. I always say that I've got a boring voice, but I'm excited. I'm sitting here with a whistle to the podcast. I see. It's not the same. I don't drink on these podcasts because, well, for one thing, I feel like I'm supposed to be in control. And it's a school night, so I can never drink. Although, uh, to be fair, we'll come back to on this later on. I was drinking a school night last week. It was the only way I could get through the Celtic Ajax game. Uh, I, I'm not drinking, actually. I've not drank the last few podcasts, I think. It's weird. I started sounding like I was falling asleep, see, back in season one when I used to get really drunk <laughs> to do it. I was I sounding terrible, even more boring than I normally do, and I was slurring my words. So I stopped drinking, but tonight, since I'm guest, I can misbehave. I can have a whiskey. See, usually you're having attendance, like, because you get your free crate attendance, didn't you? I did. Aye, that was probably the highlight of the podcast for me, aye. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the Brahma from Brazil. Well, it's still, still no game. I mean, oh, we need the just delivery ca- cost is too high for that. Yeah, maybe need, well, I need, maybe need my in-laws in Brazil just now so they could bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll they'll appreciate the, the bill as they, they check in at the airport. Aye. <laughs> I've got oh, sorry, a that's a couple of cases. Aye, no worries. Sorry, not in the coil. Alright, well, there isn't an abundance of football this weekend because it was Scottish Cup weekend and a few of the games got called off and a few more were draws. But uh, we did also have the second Petrofact Training Cup semi final. Uh, Craig, you'll be a, a bit happy about that one, I would think. Aye, but unfortunately, I was working. On Saturday, oh. so I didn't get to see it. It sounded like it was uh, a really good game for a Rangers fan. I don't know if it's a Marin fan. I don't know if it would be so good, but yeah, for by all reports, Rangers bossed it. I think the BBC described it as a, a training exercise. I watched highlights on Rangers TV on YouTube, and it certainly looked that way. But you're going to expect a wee bit of bias from a, a Rangers TV highlight package. Yeah, it looked good. Even Kenny Miller scores. You, you know that things are bad for you if Kenny Miller scoring against you. <laughs> half. Well, that's Rangers' second Petrofact Training Cup final in four seasons, I think, isn't it? It's the second one. I, um, oh, I can't remember who it was we faced in the last one, but I know Lee Robinson was in goals for them. Was it Queen of the South? Really annoyed by him, because uh, he had a, a great game. Oh, uh, it was Wraith Rovers. He signed them. Wraith Rovers. Wraith Rovers at Easter Road was the last final we were in, so... Missed it last season because you lost to Alwa, I think it was. Oh, I don't remind me about that. I, I went along to that game. And now you've got Peter Head this yeah, season. Head. If you don't win it this time, there's something seriously wrong. Well, I, I don't know. Nothing can happen. Just like last season when knocked out by Alwa, who were nowhere near uh, the top of the team. I think they were bottom, probably second bottom at that point. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. I wouldn't start counting my chickens just yet. You, you might you might have changed the manager by then because it was uh, but Bookie were tweeting tonight that Mark Warburton's the the bookie's favourite for the the Fulham job. I don't know how much there is to that. It's probably just people putting money on it to be honest. But I would be surprised if he left. I think it's it's too early for him. I think he's he's got a, a project 
from the goal. He's done a lot of work behind the scenes. I think it would be foolish to leave just now. Unless he's got a, a top job, which he's not going to do, but unproven at the, the top level. Yep. But I, I think he'll still be in charge. I can't see him. It's, it's a long way to go, wait, that's the thing. I mean, is it April or something to play this final? Uh, and they've not decided where they're going to play it yet. I've seen that the Petrofac Twitter account was tweeting saying that the SPFL are they're in talks with SPFL as to where the venue's going to be. Don't know. Obviously, they, they wouldn't choose somewhere like Hamden normally, but I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do for this one. Easter Roads, possibility. Don't know. McDermott Park would Tyne be an Castle. option. Well, I'm thinking, what like, Peterhead have got a long way to travel. Yeah, you could hold it on Aberdeen. Aye, that would go down well. I don't think so. That's a big, that's a big stadium. Cuts down the cost of uh, the the Peterhead fans that are going to go along. Aye, we did up with no seats left. Yeah. <laughs> if Rangers are the home end. You're assuming they think of that one, Chris. No, no. I'm telling you, it'll be in Glasgow or Edinburgh and it'll be 12 o'clock Sunday lunchtime. Just Pro, like probably, BBC yeah. Alba. Ah, if BBC Alba are still going. Aye, I've seen that. I'm not really sure what that means. The, the government funding's getting cut for it. So I don't know, does that mean it's still a, a viable channel? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of how they, they handle their funding. I don't know myself, unfortunately. I hope not, because BBC Alba has been one of the, the, the good aspects of Scottish football and television in, in recent years, so I'd hate to see that get lost somewhere along the line. So. It's better than sports, you know, I can't even understand what they're saying. Aye, aye. <laughs> this is audio. Aye. I quite like how at half-time BBC Alba often cut to like a, a special a, a segment like they do on Match of the Day. When they don't just have pundits sitting in the studio, they go off and they do a wee feature. They talk behind the scenes at one of the clubs that's involved. They do interviews. I quite like that. It's refreshing. Aye, they're really good. I actually enjoy the half-time interviews with Alba. Again, it's better than what sports scene try and incorporate. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. It's, it's like a big version of Conor McLaughlin's features. That's a terrible way to put that. Has Conor McLaughlin been on? I haven't seen her weeks, no. no. She's she's, she's probably been hiding for after Michael went on the podcast a few weeks ago. I think she's hiding her features now. (laughs) Especially from you, Chris. Aye. I I didn't like the one when it was uh, the the Patrick Thistle one. Is it it Kingsley? I didn't like that one when bloody, I don't know, the camera was peeking behind round the corner. (laughs) My favourite one was the one behind Jackie McNamara. That was ridiculous, and that you couldn't see half the action because McNamara was in the way. Oh, I tell you what, he's a, he's had a good start at York, hasn't he? <laughs> Has he? I've not seen. Oh, he's he's no one a game. No, uh, he's been awful. He'll be like if he's still in a job by January. Doesn't seem like the best of jobs to take, to be honest. Uh, but last night they had a feature on Sports didn't they? William Craig, but I don't know who did it. I can't remember. Um. I don't, know, I don't remember who was it. That wasn't it. Wasn't Connie? I know that much. Um, I don't want me. I don't want me seeing the person. He obviously no. show up. Fits Connie, like just because she's a, a woman. Well, she's she's, she's, an, imp- she's, an, imp- an, she's an improvement on Jonathan Sutherland. Do you mean? Aye. I see. He was working double shifts. He was doing the commentary for Party Thistle's game. Oh, I getting two jobs. He shouldn't even have one. Oh, it was it was one of those ones that sounded like he, he like they'd had original commentary for the game, but it got ruined or something so they had to get him in to like, the broom cupboard to record it afterwards because there was almost no match atmosphere at the game whatsoever there was a wee sort of thing in the background see when they do the highlights like that I always wonder are they given a three minute 
video clip and says, right, okay, watch this and then uh, commentate over it or, or commentate live over it uh, or do they commentate over the 90 minutes and they cut? No. I never know. I think if it's not a live game that's on TV, they probably just get the highlights and then have to speak over it. Yeah, so that I must think be a so. very different skill to get yourself excited again and again. <laughs> where, are, where are you here in excitement, man, and then commentators? <laughs> you must be watching a different programme. <laughs> One thing I've noticed is, it might not be only Rob McLean, but he's the one that tends to stick out, is he seems to get the same commentary on sports scene that he gets on open all mics when he's actually doing it live. So he's obviously seen the 90 minutes of the game. I think he then get him in, he does bespoke commentary for the, the five minutes of highlights or however long it is for the same game he's already seen so he'll know when to get excited and when not to get excited Aye, I, I would think for time reasons they must just be given that three, four, five minute block and talk over it or else you're getting 90 minutes when there's not a lot that happens if you, you take the, the entire game for the, the commentator to discuss any the amount of time keepers take goal kicks Something that's a bugbear in mind. They just they seem to be getting longer and longer. Take them, and it's just it's so much time they spent with just the ball out of play and nothing happening. Speaking of goalkeepers taking too long, uh, do you want to bring it up? The, the point you made uh, earlier last week about the was it the Champions League that happened then? No, it was Liverpool. Was it? Oh, it was uh, Liverpool game. Right. I meanly got a free kick given against them because they decided to hold on to the ball for too long and a lot of people are getting upset because apparently uh, the general consensus is that keepers can hold on to the ball for as long as possible which is understandable because referees seem to let them away with it but the rules are quite clear six seconds is all Aye. you're allowed mm-hmm. it's a rule that's been in place for years probably even decades and yet people are surprised more fault than to play FIFA but yeah uh, I thought that Klopp it was quite funny. He was interviewed after the game and he, they, they mentioned this and, and he seemed quite shocked that the free kick was given until the guy told him that he'd held on to the ball for 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 seconds. You know what Klopp's like? He just laughed and said, so, fair enough. <laughs> no, well, fair enough. I mean, that could have been quite easy to just uh, try and time this match, but when you take it to 20 seconds, I think uh, it's, it's slightly longer than six, so, so it's probably deserved. <laughs> But yeah, it'd be interesting to see when the last time that was given, because that referee's got to have guts, because he knows that you don't give that normally. He knows that the goalkeepers seem to spend an eternity with the ball. You know, they're like near the end of a game, they, they, they grab a shot in the air and then they end up somehow on the ground looking about and then they spend ages waiting to punt it. No. Aye, you don't mind if it's your own team, but you're, oh, exactly. you're, aye. Aye. you're like, aye, keep a hold of it. They scored from the, the free kick. Obviously, it wouldn't have been a direct one, but they scored it. I don't know exactly how it happened, whether they laid it off and scored from that or they scored in the resulting 30 seconds. But yeah, but a sickener for people who don't expect that to be a rule. All right, so we should probably talk about Scottish football because that's a Scottish football forums podcast. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the Rangers are in. Cup semi-final wasn't the only cup action at the weekend, of course, because it was Scottish Cup third round weekend. 
as I say, the, a couple of the games were postponed, unfortunately. But uh, there was a few, quite a few went ahead as well. Um, I think the big one was the the, the game at uh, Somerset Park the near Dunfermline, and I heard Chick Young complaining that the weather was so bad in that game. At one point, the goalkeeper took a goal kick, and it only barely got out the eighteen yard box because <laughs> the wind was blowing it back. Aye, aye. There's a aye. There's an interesting rule in the rule book about it because it covers things like that. Like if what happens if the goalkeeper hits the ball out and then it bounces back in, and for some reason it goes in his own net. I can't remember exactly, but I think it's a retake. Aye, surely someone else would have to touch it. Yeah, yeah. I would think. Ah, uh, you know, I should have looked that up. Aye, so if you'd said that before, Chris, I could have prepared. I know, I forgot about it, I've I, I seen the, the, the score. Like, it was a 1 0 win for Dunfermline, incidentally. I should probably mention that as well. So, uh, But I, 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 I remember hearing that. Like, the weather over the weekend was atrocious. I know there was a, a pitch inspection early on Sunday morning for the, the Celtic game up on Vernes as well. But it obviously passed because the game went ahead. Oh, it was it was sunshine there when I was watching it, Chris. It was everything. <laughs> Depending on what time you watched that game at, it was ridiculous the amount of weather I, I had. It. I think Crowded House sponsored it. <laughs> Four seasons in one end. day. Nice reference. <laughs> yes. It's a cracker. At the end, they were talking. And is it Tanner? Yeah, David Tanner. Host. I, he mentioned that he could hardly hear Robson through the, the rain, and the rain was pretty loud. <laughs> That's probably an improvement, if you're Barry Robson at least, he? he probably couldn't hear David Tanner, which, I mean, the amount of times I watched uh, coverage in Sky Sports and Bush, I couldn't hear David Tanner. He's, he's not the best, but then I think that's what happens with Scottish football. Yeah. If you're ending, you'll get punted off to do English. Aye, pretty much. Some of the bad ones even go as well. Well, I mean, you, look at uh, Jim White and Charlotte Nicholas, we, we all remember them doing uh, Scottish Sport on ITV, on STV. And uh, now both of them work at uh, the mainstream Sky Sports. So. Fair play to them. What's going on? It just leaves us with the likes of David Tanner. Actually, that's not fair. The, the guys in BT do a pretty good job. I, like, I quite like Daryl Curry. I think he does a reasonable job. He's a lot better than David Tanner. Obviously. I think he's he's, he's pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's quite good at uh, asking the right questions and he's quite good at, at pulling people up. He especially likes to pull up Chris Sutton when he says something that he doesn't quite agree with, and uh, I do like that. A bit a lot of that then. <laughs> yeah. Well, <coughs> did, did, did you see Chris Sutton after the the Celtic Ajax game on Thursday night? Yeah, uh, he, he was. He, yeah, it was. It was actually quite nice to hear him because he was referring to Celtic as we. So obviously still got that connection with Celtic and it, or, like, you couldn't really dispute a lot of what he was saying. I've had my problems with some of Chris Sutton's punditry but he was he was mumping and moaning like any other fan on Thursday night. Yes, and yeah, I, he was getting quite angry. Yeah, it was, it was good to hear. Well, for, oh, I wish I hadn't heard that at all, I wish we'd won but wasn't to be. Well, but I, I, I suppose like while we're talking about it we should, we should we go back and talk about Thursday night's game because Celtic did play really well for three minutes. It was a good goal for Callum McGregor, that was the thing. And he pretty much repeated it on Sunday as well. But um Aye, after that we yeah. sat back, invited Ajax on to us. They uh, well, I say they took their chance. It was a bit of a bit of a messy goal, which has been par for the course for us in Europe this season. It's not but, a good um, idea for Celtic to sit back with our defence. No. That's just asking for trouble. And I no. think Scott Allen, he's getting a lot of well, he was getting a lot of abuse from from certain 
sections and he was getting a lot of plaudits from from other sections but I think that when he came on he, he was just trying too hard he did that brilliant pass for Griffiths but then there was for his booking especially there was no need yeah. for it he just took the guy out wild and then obviously at the goal he loses the ball and I don't know if you've seen it but again he tried to just take the guy out and he missed no, to be fair, but the time he went to take the guy out, there was, he was, you could see Ajax were breaking up the park and then you can imagine what was coming. So I'm not really surprised he tried that, but uh, he could have been, it could have been a second booking for him on that one. I don't think Alan did all that bad, to be honest. It was, I wouldn't have played the short corner to him in the first place. So I've been more inclined to blame Armstrong for it than, than Alan. Um, and like you say, the, the, the pass through to Griffiths was probably the best pass of the game for us. And it was just a shame that Griffiths yeah, was so off form. I don't know how he possibly seen that pass. I just I, it doesn't make sense to me. I can't. My, I can't. I try to put myself in his situation, and I just can't see it at all. But then it's not going to be a pass that he just pulls from nothing. He doesn't do that blind because it, it would be a stupid pass if he did that. It just I don't know. It's see that that's why Scott Allen is a highly paid footballer, and the best we can do is play fives. <laughs> I did notice that he wasn't taking the corners against Ajax, but then he did against Inverness. That's something Celtic need to exploit because he's really good at corners. He, he needs to such, play such pace. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's a what? substitute appearance now and again. Well, I mean, no, he's such pace at the back post. It's, I don't know how he does yeah, it. He's hardly played for us. So that's, that's two games in a row now. He's come off the bench and he's pretty much had an instant impact in improving the Celtic team in both games as well. Because even on Sunday, Inverness were, were probably on at least a par with us until the point that we brought Scott Allen on. And then it was a combination of Scott Allen, Kieran Tierney, and Lee Griffiths who got his second goal. And again, what was probably the best move for us in the game. So I think Scott Allen is probably due a start now, given the, the two substitute appearances he's made. Especially with Scott Brown out as well. Yeah, that was a big blow for through the week there was when we discovered that Scott, uh, Scott Brown's out for two or three months. You forgot about his cover there as well. I mentioned it earlier on in the podcast well, this season. There's Beaton, Brown. Who else is there that couldn't play there, really? No, Armstrong plays there a bit. And Roger, Aye, we tried playing Roger there, and I don't think it works. I don't think Armstrong's yeah. really suited to that role, was he? You uh, could stretch Ambrose Ugh. in that position. Mulgrew's the other option there, but then Mulgrew went off injured and turned right as well. That's the thing, uh, he hasn't played in months and then plays about 20 minutes against Ajax and hobbles off the park again. Oh, I see that, but see when he went off, I, I don't know, I, I've had a few people disagree with me here, but I think he should have stayed on. I think the goal happened I think he should have just grabbed his teammates and said I'm done there's no way I'm going to be able to run about but I'm going to stand and I'm going to take a defender away and and just don't pass to me because there's no defenders going to leave him standing in acres of space even if they see him hobbling about so I think he should have stayed in the pitch especially the way he walked off he, he wasn't hobbling badly he might have known himself that he was injured but I, I would just get him on the pitch even if, even if he crouched down even if he sat down a defender's <laughs> going to have him in the back of his mind. I think Mulgrew's answer to it was that he, he did this when he originally got the injury, he played on and when he shouldn't have and it made it worse and I think he was fearing that. And it looked to me it looked to me like he had a conversation with the dugout before he did it because he stood at the centre circle for a, for at least about a minute while Ajax were uh, celebrating their goal before he walked off the park. So I wonder if it, like, it was his decision to do it. I, like the, I know Ronnie Dallas confirmed that but I think he discussed it with the, the, the bench before he did it. And ultimately at that point there was about three minutes of regulation time left and Celtic just went 2-1 down. We knew we needed to win that game. It wasn't going to happen. There wasn't any point in... Uh, Mulgrew stay in the park. Had 
we had some hang on to maybe they agree with you Mulgrew should have done and stayed on the park and just taken somebody out of the way but in, in that instance there was no point risking it the game was done Celtic were out there was just nothing there was no point risking them whatsoever especially with Scott Brown out for two to three months see when he went off he didn't do it as well as Ronaldo played with Man United you know how they've got the the, the tunnels right in the corner I remember he went down right next to the tunnel and he just got up and just walked out and then Fergie's in the bench trying to st- scramble to get somebody to come on to replace him. That's that's what I like. I like to see that. Just like not not even interested in the bench, not interested in the manager. I'm off. <laughs> I suppose that's the one thing I don't get is why he didn't just go and sit on the bench and get an ice pack or something. <laughs> oh, I do. Like Maybe he's busting for another two. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> they want to do a Gary Lineker. Oh, uh, end of the You'll never live that down. There was on a the period pitch. on Twitter when it was just constant, constant messages. To just, I think I got quite annoyed at it. <laughs> so would you? <laughs> it's not, I'm sure it's not as proud this moment. Sure, that, that should have been a book in sure itself. <laughs> I don't know. Craig is defecation in the rules. Ungentlemanly maybe. <laughs> I suppose I suppose it probably is ungentleman the conduct, that's a good point. <laughs> I suppose it did oh, well. Oh what I he got away with it though until it was it was only until the the interview that he had on the, the radio, I think when he he, he let slip that what had happened. So I don't think anyone knew at the time because he just kinda subtly just wiped himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So We've covered Celtic in Europe because I don't know what to talk about that anymore. So uh, just talk about yesterday's game and then that Celtic. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. We may as well finish the the, the talk about Inverness because well, I mean, again, Callum McGregor, like I said, he, he gave us a lead, but then again, Celtic kind of sat back. Inverness got a goal back. I, I don't know what Celtic were doing at that. They, they kind of tried to play short passes in midfield at chest height. <laughs> and nobody oh, oh, aye, that, that was awful. Nobody was any good at controlling the ball, so Inverness nicked it and then the story had like two quotas putting the ball in it. Aye, like, just ran through your centre back. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the, the stuff they weren't there. I know there was a big gap between them, but still it's not, it was it was very strange how easily he got through. They should have backed yeah, back off swatch as well. That was the thing. One yeah. should have went. Yes. And one should have covered. Yeah, and I think Michael Stewart made that point, um, about how Denier and Van Dyke probably wouldn't have done that last season. Yeah. But then, again, we never won at Inverness last season. Aye, that was Dyer's first win, <laughs> So it's, it's always been a difficult venue for Celtic. Uh, I, think, I think our biggest win is like the two goals, so I don't think we've ever won any more than that. I know there was one point we were 4-0 up when I thought, final we're going to get a big win up here, but then they scored twice. <laughs> so it was like 4-2. I think at the moment, though, one thing that kind of stands out the last few weeks is Inverness defence just doesn't look to be at races at all. Um, I know John Hughes mentioned at the end of the game he wanted the defence to be more ruthless. Obviously, they've been missing Warren, but he's back in the team now. But yeah. I've seen Meekins has been shifted to right back. You would think they'd want to try and get Meekins and Warren back to play in centre back together, which worked kind of pretty well last year for him. Yeah, it's almost as if they tried to get um, Draper and Warren to play together. Because they two were the ones that I identified right at the end of the game. Because I suppose we should probably talk about Celtic's third goal. <laughs> I the, the non-controversial. Yeah. Right. My, my first problem with that third goal is how awful was Kelton Cole's first touch? <laughs> it I bounces bet, off and what a wall. <laughs> I would say one thing about from the highlights. Can't call it like he can at least 
is causing some trouble. I don't think Everlast knew how to handle him. I'm not sure it was the same thing. I'm, I'm still a bit... I've, I've got many questions about Kelton Cole. And we'll see how he answers them over the coming weeks. But It'd be a good chance for Scott Brown out there, maybe a slight change of formation. But probably Dyla's not going to do that. Right, he kind of done it at the weekend there. I had plenty of people saying, oh, we've got two strikers on the park, but he did drop Griffiths back, annoyingly, immediately after he'd scored. Because <laughs> that's when it was that goal, and then Cole came on, so uh, Griffiths dropped back a bit. But, um, I, I mean, certainly he was putting himself about and getting into good positions. And what? He's no match fit, obviously, so I think that, that's yeah. what come into account. Yeah, he, 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 could do, he could really do a pre-season, to be honest with looks at, but he's not going to get that for the while. About uh, how match fit he was to the game, he sounded like he was quite good banter. Cause he's, oh, I was telling the lads, oh, I can't really bring much to the game, but I'll, I'll put myself about because the last time I played was against I don't know, Tottenham and May, the end of May. That was the last time. Like you're quite specific about when your last game was. He seems like quite a nice guy. That <laughs> I came across him when he was interviewed. I mean, I, I mean, I, he hasn't. He's, he, he many strikers would claim the goal, but he's not. He's saying that's not no way is that my goal. It's funny, just sitting there, just <laughs> wasn't sure what to do. I, know. So I, was, I was thinking last night, oh, see if anyone else but Celtic could sign them in Scotland. Regardless, probably a good, decent signing. Yeah. Because oh, Celtic, I, so. yeah. I think their fans expect to be a bit more in terms of signings. But, but I don't know, yeah, I think he might, given time, he might do alright. I think though, when he was down south towards the end of his time down there, he was maybe struggling for fitness as well, in terms of partly probably because he wasn't playing much. But that probably means that you're more susceptible to picking up injuries. Yeah, I think that, that that's the key for him. If he can if he can get some kind of decent fitness, then he could be a really good asset. But it's going to take him time to get that fitness. And I know, I'd, like you say, he hasn't played in a long time, and he's been working up to this. That was his debut, obviously. So it's just good to see him get. What I think it was like twenty five, thirty minutes or something. Maybe he looked, he looked at the end of the game like he was absolutely knackered you know? Discuss the actual goal, as in the the, the handball. Right, cause yeah. Because well, the no, 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 definitely a handball. No, what, no, we need to go back before that because after his terrible first touch, both Draper and Warren clattered him. It's a penalty. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> I, I, you mentioned that in the forum, Chris, and I think it's something discussed many a time. If you do something like normally it's hitting a shot, right? <laughs> I don't know if we'll include that for his incident, but uh, often it, it seems that. The defender can do anything to the attacker if they've hit a shot. The referee just lets it go. Aye, fair enough, you've taken out. Fair enough, you've hurt them. Doesn't matter because a shot was. But in that instance, I don't know. I, I watched it back after I messaged you on the forum, and I don't know. I don't know if I would include that as a shot. No, it's not. It's not. It's a terrible first touch, as far as I'm concerned. So that ball's still in play, and Cole was trying to get to it when he gets taken out by both Inverness players, neither of which touched the ball. So for me, uh, for me, it's a stonewall penalty. It certainly wasn't deliberate handball. No, that's the problem I've got with it. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm guessing this is what Craig's about to come on to, but I watched it again tonight on sports scene tonight because I watched it from last night. <laughs> but um, it's it's the way his hand comes down. It does look like it moves towards the ball, but I I still think he's trying to regain his balance. But because it's technically it's... ball to hand. It, would, it could be classed as being deliberate, but then that is only a guideline for the referees to decide what's deliberate. I think the fact he's trying to regain his balance and the fact he's not even looking at the ball would be two factors in Cole's favour. Yep. yep, and I think that there's 
first of all, there's zero chance that the referee's going to see this because we're looking at it from a very different angle from the referee. Yeah. But I think that he puts his, his elbow onto the ground and I think he has that balance and then he, he kind of just slaps at the ball. And I think the way he sat after the goal as well, I think he, he knew that he'd hit the ball with his hand, despite him trying to say at the end that he didn't. But I think he knew that and he was just a bit sheepish. So I think it, with the benefit of the, the replay, I would give a handball. But for the referee, what, what can he do? He, he can't just give it. He can't give the handball if he's not sure. So mm-hmm. he, he just needs to go with what's probable in that situation. And well, the way bodies are flying everywhere. Yeah, it could be, it's, it's the likelihood is it's accidental. Yes. And the, like the goal itself is accidental because there's no way the defender needs to put it in. Yes. I <laughs> got the goal. Um. I don't know actually. <laughs> I don't know who it was that was credited for it. I know it wasn't Cole. And I don't think Cole's going to, like, Cole was claiming or not claiming it, so I don't think anyone's going to give him that. Um, it's Divine. Divine. It's Divine, right. But I, like, it looks accidental to me. And I, there was, I, I did hear David Tanner again, coming back to him. His suggestion was because it's resulted in a goal, it's it should be a handball. It's, well, that's not the rules. And to, to be fair, it wasn't even David Tanner that said that as well, because later on in sports scene, it was also mentioned about how it leaves a bad taste because it resulted in a goal. It just annoys me. See, see if I could just sit these guys down for half an hour. I could bore them to death with the rules, but they would at least be able to do a better job than they now. I, I think they should have the rules. They should know the rules getting paid yeah, for. I know. It should be part of a, it should be a prerequisite of their job to actually know the rules. I tell you what, I tell, I tell you what was a handball though. Um, we were two one up at the time, and a St John's, oh, St John's, we're not coming in well. An Inverness player hit, hit, hit a shot that uh, Johansson stuck his arm out. Of. Like, oh, aye, his elbow. Aye, that, aye, that, he, that. he meant that, and that for me is a handball. But to be honest, there's a wee bit of bitterness because it was Inverness. So. Aye, I thought you were going to put that Josh Beacons, eh? <laughs> aye, if they can get away with handball, so can me. <laughs> aye, I'm wanting clarification. I don't know, I'll get clarification. <laughs> be interested to get, like, all the ref, mind you, all the referees would probably just quote from the rule book. Yeah. Be interested to get maybe six referees and get their interpretation of what a handball is and what a handball isn't. Make sure they're facing the telly when they watch it, though. <laughs> Someone might not see it. They might have a couple of bags with them, but they might not see it either. Uh, Here's another one, it just occurred to me. See, we're moaning about sports scene. There was one point in sports scene after they showed the highlights where they went back to, I think it was just before Celtic scored the second goal, they went back to some offside Inverness had given against them, which looked like it might not have been offside, and then they used the worst camera angle possible to show this, where it looked like maybe he was level, maybe he was just slightly ahead, maybe he's behind, we can't tell from this angle. This was a live TV game, how is that the best TV camera angle they had for showing that incident? <laughs> See, when you're talking about offside, surely all you need is a fixed camera. You don't even need to have a cameraman on it, or a man being too simplistic. How much would that cost to have a fixed camera at either goal? Right? Wide angle. It's, it's going to be better than the silly angles that they give us. Oh, no. But then, that doesn't even take into account what you, what you just said there, how it was a live game. Yeah. Go and it's Dragon's Day. and BT throw numbers of cameras at game. I know there was cameras further up the park because they used them to show other action later on or other points in the highlights. So I don't know why they didn't just focus on that camera when they were showing it. Maybe he was away for a number two. <laughs> 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 and to, to, we should credit the, the 
the Sky Camera crew actually because they were the ones that spotted the, the net was burst just before the start of the second half. I found that a bit strange. I think it's strange that they decided to, is it what they really call them? Well, they call them decided to play on. Yeah. Aye, I thought that's a bit strange. Uh, we'll fix it as we go. I guy fix it while we're playing. I don't know what the guy was told, but what if there was an attack at that end? Was he meant to be moving away or what? I don't yeah. know. Just you stand in the net and hold up, hold the net closed just to make sure. Yeah, aye, because you, you can say, oh, it's, it's unlikely that we're going to have an incident in the next two minutes, but, but what if there is? Aye, it was a bit of a strange one. No, oh, it, was, it was amateur ever at times. Shall we move back to Friday night and then go forward? Uh, see, see, I was going, I, I was going to link with the, the whole own goal angle, but oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, it's alright. We'll go back, we'll go back to Friday night. We'll come back to talk. We'll come back to own goals later. Since when was it scripted? What was that? Well, Dundee and St. Johnson. What? That's their fourth draw, one all draw in a row for yeah. Dundee. Yeah. That's a phenomenal consistency. I'm annoyed though because I had St. Johnson to win and both teams to score. And I had the both teams to score up after about 10 minutes, it was great. And I was wait, waiting for the rest of the game for St. Johnson to score and it wasn't happening. Well, I could bet for like St. Johnson because they are like well, guaranteed goal scorers. Mm-hmm. And they've only kept one clean sheet this season. Exactly. But you had money on it, didn't you, Craig? Both teams to score? I had both teams to score, yeah. I don't think the odds were very good, but I've decided to ditch my, my bet a pound, win a million pound strategy. So I'm just going to be low odds, just trying to get certain certain returns if there is such a thing in the gambling world but yeah I just went for the score kept it boring and it came in pretty early so yeah I was happy see I lost on Friday night but then I'd already won for uh, 19 to 10 in Ajax Thursday game <laughs> so I'm still up for the week yes we're too good odds the thing is that you see for games like that the, the odds yeah. are often skewed because right. of the, the large support they were 19 to 10 on Wednesday, after the team news came out that Scott Brown was out for two to three months, and I thought, Brown is out, Commons is out, Johansson and Beaton are suspended. I thought, we've got no midfield, of course I'm going to put one in X. To be fair, Thursday's game actually went better than I expected. (laughs) I thought we were going to get pumped. As it was, we were just unlucky. I see, but can can we just go back a wee bit to Thursday's game? I really don't know why Griffiths felt that he had to apologise. I thought that... He, he maybe should have finished a couple of the chances right and he made a few poor decisions but he got himself in the right positions at the right time to get to get himself there so I, I don't know I don't think he should be apologising I think he he done well to, to get where he did and another day he would have scored those goals but nah I'm, I'm not all f- I'm not for I'm apologising I'm not having that oh, talking, of apologies, talking of apologies though <laughs> if I got to mention Anthony Stokes oh for goodness sake uh, uh, we'll compare these two actually because it's a good way to do it I, I agree I don't think Lee Griffiths needed to do that and the apology but I thought it was about a class for a moment to do it to come out and say look I hold my hands up I was utter rubbish and I apologise and I'm gutted uh, and then he comes out on Sunday and makes up for it and gets a goal and says he's delighted to get the goal. Important thing was getting the three points at a difficult venue. He's delighted for Kelton Cole coming to uh, his performance and he even wished folk a safe journey home. So I, I think I think the way Lee Griffiths handles Twitter is really good, which is probably an improvement on how he used to handle Twitter. <laughs> but but ah, he's, probably told he's probably been told. Whoever told him, we should probably go and have a word with Anthony Stokes because ah, if, for as good as Griffiths is on Twitter, Stokes is an idiot. Yep. Because 
his tweet on Sunday morning was disrespectful to his teammates, as Ronnie Dyla quite correctly pointed out, but it was disrespectful for the fans that were travelling 180 miles up the road or whatever it is to Inverness. Because they were sitting in the same stands in that same weather. Exactly. And they'd paid to be there. So they're looking at a Celtic player who, admittedly, is frustrated because he can't get in the team, and I can understand that. But the way he comes across in that tweet, he could have put it what he was trying to say a lot better. Now, I know it's probably been tweeted in the heat of the moment. He should have tweeted it. He should, he should go to the manager and say, or in private, in private but I thought, I mean, it's just daft. I mean, and see, then the apology, he's no, oh, it's no him to apologise. He's been told to apologise. You better apologise. Aye, I think surely so. Not, surely nobody could ever get involved again anyway. No, I, I, he, he's obviously out of favour with Dyla, and these tweets aren't going to help. I don't. I, I mean, what was he trying to achieve? I mean, who, who in the right mind turns and goes, you know what? I've no fancied this guy for a year, but now that he's moaned on Twitter about it, I'm going to give him a game. You know, his problem will be as well, though. Uh, Stokes, even like some of the championship clubs down south, are they going to take a risk on him? Because he's going to be in pretty high wages, I would think. It'll be, I think so. Yeah. Well, well, but maybe because he was—I know he was—he's obviously on high wages when he was at Sunderland. But I think the English teams are likely to look at his record at Sunderland and go, "Hmm, do I want to touch him?" But then they might yeah. look at his record at Celtic and so well, maybe he's worth a go. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I like Stokes. I think he's a good player. I think he's but he's, he's obviously scored some crucial goals for us. He's never been that great in Europe for us, which is probably been my one negative point about it. But when he hasn't been scoring in Europe, he has quite a few assists in Europe. So it's not as if he's he's useless. <laughs> but um, I, I think he's certainly not fancied by Dyla. I think that the longer this goes on, the longer you think he's got to be on his way. And and things like the tweet on Sunday are definitely not going to help us help him out. But I mean, he's 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 a he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. He's he's a Celtic fan. I know that. Yeah, I'll help him get away for club. He's he's obviously a Celtic fan and. I think that I think that was what annoyed me about Sunday's tweet more than anything else. I mean, you, you are a Celtic fan; you should know about travelling up these kind of places. But the thing is that he was in trouble anyway, wasn't he? Because he, he'd done something. Oh, he still get that court case with the Elvis impersonator assault or whatever it was, alleged assault, I should say. But um, that, that's still hanging over him, unfortunately. Anyway, aye, we were talking about Dundee and Johnson. Yeah, both teams to aye. score. Actually, Dundee. What is it? I was gonna say you must have a start for both teams to score. Oh okay, I've, I've got all the stats. Oh wait oh. a minute, wait a minute, drum roll. I've got stats coming up my ears. Remember uh, I used to be the stats guy in this podcast, not anymore. John's uh, gonna that was, John, John's I've gonna knock this one out of the park. I've talked about getting into it the last <laughs> few weekends, right? The kinda of one thing that interested me was up till yesterday, all five fixtures had seen both teams scoring. Yesterday, obviously Inverness and Celtic scored. So if you'd had all six matches, both teams to score with McBookie, McBookie told me you'd get 45 to one in that. So I thought I'd go back and check and see if it had been done prior this season. I see and before you go on, John, uh-huh. can, I, can I just uh, bring up the, the Paul Bands uh, theory that there's always a nil-nil at the Aye. top tier, doesn't he stand up there? <laughs> well, that's not. Well, because I know what the half of us that is. That's not always a nil-nil, but mentioning that, week nine... Saw five games for these both teams to score, and there was a nil-nil, and it was Celtic versus Hearts. Uh, two other occasions, there's been five games that have been both teams to score, and both times it was Dundee United that failed to score. But that's not a major surprise because Dundee United have failed to score something like seven out of sixteen games this year. Yeah, August 29th was the last time Dundee United scored, and it wasn't Billy McKay. Aye. That was that was sports scene start. 
So, so that's, 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 that's depressing for them. Cinema Pongo might help out. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. For Liverpool, yeah. Um, so in, in terms of that, but that, that's the first time it's been done this season. And I, can, I would imagine it's something that's not done very often. I probably, when I've got time, I'll maybe look at last season and see if I can find out whether there was an occasion that all, all six games for both teams to score. But it's quite a rarity. I've even checked the Championship and I've checked League One. The Championship this season, there's not been any week that has seen uh, all games for these both teams to score. There's been a few occasions that's come close with four, but it's not happened there. And then League One, it's not happened either. There's been two occasions that's been four out of five. Um, so close. I've still to check League Two. But I definitely was at Johnson. They are your both teams to score guaranteed because um, as I say only once they've not been involved in a both team to score game this season in the league if you look at the championship the best for both teams to score who do you think it is? both teams to score aye uh, oh well, Rangers were leaking goals at the start of the season they're up there but it's not the best Queen of the they've South. had 8 games finished both teams to score Queen of the South have had 7 in St Mirren really? 10 of their games, so 10 out of 13 have finished both teams to score. Uh, League 1 uh, is Stenhouse-Muir, but surprisingly, the team after that is top of the table here. Oh. But I have got start, oh, I've, been quite, I've been quite into it. Just, just to go back to my start on Dundee United, by the way, I just checked that that Bob McKay thing is right about the league, but not overall, because the League Cup third round had Morris Fraser and Spittle all score in September. Well, the last time I can remember someone not scoring apart from McKay was Spittle in the league. Yeah, it was, it, actually, the last one to score in the league that wasn't uh, Bob McKay was actually Dylan. Scored in a 2 1 defeat to Ross County on the 29th of August. And since then, they've scored. Five, six goals in the league. Aye. That's pretty poor. Uh, but next week I'll try and find out. I've no actually got a Premiership or the teams, how successful they've been in both teams to score, but I'll have it. But Dundee are another good team as well because they've only failed to score twice and they've only kept two clean sheets. So again, they're a pretty good team for both teams to score. So there you go. Celtic have actually had, I think, three games they've not scored. Mm hmm. So, aye. But 45 to 1, you'd have got me at McBookie. But I like how McBookie help out like that. Aye, you know what I, mean? I don't date. know other bookies that would do that, but they're very helpful in, in telling you what the odds were at a certain point in time. I think they were pleased as well when I told them, because I said, oh, I'll try and find out if he'd burn before that season. And I told them, and they were like, oh, thanks. They liked it. Bye. Good guys. So, I'll be interested to see if it happens again this season. I don't know if it's worth putting money on each week. I don't think it is. But in fact, there's only been one in the Premiership, and then there's been none. There, Championship League One, League Two. I need to see. I have that. I'll get that done. No. No, it must be because if you were to put a pound on every single weekend, you'd of be the profit. You'd be up now. But if you got forty-five quid back, you'd do. If you put a tenner on, no, it's more interesting. Well, if, as long as you as long as you put the same as long as you put the same money on every week for the thirty-eight. Uh, Rounds, then you'll win because forty-five to one wins you more than the thirty Aye. quid. So, so I don't know what it would be for five games, but I would still think it would be better because what you've got thirty-six games. Thirty-eight. So, right, you could have a, a wee scheme going here. Just need 
what to do is if you find out that this is a guaranteed money spinner, don't tell anybody until I'm <laughs> well, yeah, This is just old folk. <laughs> but uh, try and figure it out. But I would think, though, the fact that it's not been done in the Championship and League One might mean there's a chance at some point it'll come in. And they've, we've got, they've got less games, obviously, left. Uh, could be something. It's good for the both teams to score odds, because I quite like a wee both teams to score. The next one I'll probably look at is the win in both teams to score. Because that's always good odds. You always get about three, four to one. Unless in Johnson Gubby. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> someone. I seen someone at the weekend. One of my mates on Facebook. He had three games come in and Hearts let him down. I was going to say we, we never mentioned that at the start of the podcast, but uh, Hearts did let us down in charity bit as well. Not half as much as Commander did, right enough. Oh, <laughs> They're booking their stuff, eh? That's why they had Kamara get 50. Aye, aye. I don't, I, I don't think we expected Thistle to score 5 though. Aye, well, Thistle are like, what was it? Only one loss out of 7. Aye, they're, they're, they're in decent form. They're like 4th in the, the form book in the last couple of months. So, so uh, they're going well. They are scoring goals, not prior to, even prior to the weekend. They've been scoring goals, because obviously at the start they never scored for a good few games. Yeah, oh, they were rotten at the start of the season when it comes to goal scoring, but they seem to have been well made up for that. And what makes it even more frustrating is they've done it against Kilmarnock, who we couldn't score against last week. Aye, and Chris Doolan loves playing against Kilmarnock. He should have had a hat-trick. Oh, he should have, definitely. Ed, what about Robbie Murray's goal? Cracker. The first one. Aye, aye, the first one, it was an absolute peach. 35 yards or something like that, was it? What do you think, that or Osmond Sows? Ah, it's Murray's. Murray's in the corner. Right in the corner. Exactly. I, don't, I, I don't think you oh, can I'd stop never it. Seen those that, right. was, that was one of the games I didn't see. I didn't watch Sports Scene because Sports Scene wasn't on Sky's iPlayer app. So I had to watch it on the BBC website. They never had uh, a lot of Motherwell Hearts anyway. It was quite brief. Was it one of those uh, fly through highlights? I think it was about one and a half minutes. They're doing that more than more last season. Especially with the fact they're trying to find more championship football. Whereas they never. They never obviously had that excuse last night. No, there was no excuse last night because it was only the, the, the six Premiership games last night. Like they never touched the Scottish Cup. They never touched Aye. the Petrofac Cup. They had the Rangers winning the 1981-82 the League Cup Aye. final against Aye. Dundee United randomly. Like, I suppose you had to get Rangers into it somehow. 55 minutes for a show, so surely at least five minutes for each game. That's half an hour. And then the rest of it can be chat nonsense even then right. overkill aye well we're, well, we're talking about the, the Hearts game the the first Motherwell goal Alexander was mumping and moaning about it being a foul on him because oh, aye aye Malt jumped aye. up with him he kind of did go up with his arm uh, but there was no contact so I don't, aye, know, how, aye, I don't know how he's claiming that's a foul there's actually another decent point made I think in sports here actually about the fact that obviously he's got the op- he's got the option of obviously using his hands whereas obviously other folk don't yeah so nah definitely not a foul oh I really hate it how keepers are protected because uh, there's just no need to well, well perhaps rewind back maybe 20 years or so when keepers were getting clattered and barred <laughs> into the, the nets maybe I think that was, long, I think that was before that barred to keep it in the goal when it was a goal yeah but but nowadays no I, I just don't. I don't think there was an issue there. I think that when you see defenders going up to head of the ball, they they often clatter into each other. It's just natural and mm-hmm. uh, and it's allowed. 
as long as as long as they do it fairly, as long as they're going for the ball and they're not elbowing or, or barging, they're allowed to, to bounce off an opponent. So I don't understand why a keeper with his hands in the air isn't allowed. And then then there's the whole thing about keepers with their knees up. If a if an outfield player did that, they'd be done for dangerous play, but aye. the keepers are allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Aye, that's fair enough. But aye, the Motherwell Hearts, good point for Motherwell, I think. It was, oh, a, it was an easily predicted point, apparently, because as soon as we tweeted about the we had Hearts in the, the bet, we had Gregor point it saying, nah, no chance, no uh, chance of Hearts winning now. He says that a lot, though. He drinks a lot, that's the problem. Oh, he's right. He drinks a lot, did you say? <laughs> he drinks, aye, that's what I mean. When he drinks a lot and he, he starts to think that Motherwell world beaters would. Aye, I'd be I'd be loving this season with him, the podcast, because it's, it's always had a, a rolled of airs over a couple of seasons back. <laughs> and it was Aberdeen were flying high and we were chronic so I uh, bring back Craig just for now I've said that bloody next time we'll play them they'll bloody beat us and he'll be desperate to come back on <laughs> uh, I'll invite him on that week oh I I I come and hold that week <laughs> <laughs> nah, Greg said he's done his, his one uh, episode this week so just one oh, that was a brilliant one I tell you me presenting Greg on oh it was, it was good it's not quite Santa Claus because he only comes on once a year so <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we got Aberdeen game ah <sighs> he's got off to a really bad start again it's a terrible start yeah. uh, again quite similar to Celtic's goal that they conceded uh, Flood and Reynolds both letting the ball bounce oh, and then yeah. I don't know what was happening there but I I, I, I seen, I seen it, I only seen it stem the targets at the game on Alba but from people that I know that were at the game they said we were off on the first half I thought from what I've seen we had a couple of right chances um, like sports at half time apparently but I don't think I, I can't really remember Ross County having that many great chances they had one that he Ward made a really good save in the second half Boyce's header but apart from that I can't think any really great chances they had um, whereas we ourselves well obviously scored three goals and then had uh, maybe one or two other chances I think with Marbock again probably going back to the start of the season when we were doing so well but maybe we weren't creating loads of chances but we were clinical we were taking the chances and that was maybe the difference when the period when we weren't winning games we weren't we still again probably only creating a few chances but we weren't we just weren't being clinical enough so that was good to see um, in the second half obviously I, I think the turning point and I quite literally mean turning point here was when uh, you got the equaliser because it all came for a cracking turn in the wing but now again I don't even know if it was just that because I was thinking, I was actually watching Dundee United last night as well, we'll come on to that later on. But see, it's slightly different because obviously Ross County were ahead, but I think it's more the second goal. Because the first goal, I think there's still a wee bit, you get a wee bit of boost, but I think there's still a wee bit of nerves about Aberdeen because of the success we had earlier on in the season. Whereas after the second goal, I thought that it's definitely wanting to win it. Um, well, you say again, that, but I, I, there was a cracking save for Ward. For, Aye, well, um, that one, that was that. for boys, at the, the when it was two one, which obviously would have been two each if it got in. But but I thought our confidence levels went totally up uh, once we get the second. Well, the only other thing I know about it was Wally Miller was on uh, open all mics and he said once the third goal went on there was a you could feel the relief. Now that might just mean he was talking about the stands, but yeah. certainly there was that made a difference. Well, we're on a week. I suppose we're on a week run again. Like 
we're unbeaten in three games with two wins, so scoring goals again, Rooney again, well, that's him in double figures in the league already, and McGinn, he was dropped for the Celtic game, but since he's come back in, I think that's helped him, I think it's kind of shown him, right, okay, if you don't play well, you're going to be dropped, much as he creates so many goals for us, it's on, like, I think he's probably top of the assists again mm-hmm. in the league last season, um, his finish was good as well, his run. Uh, Hayes got a bit lucky but he almost did the same last week against Hamilton when we hit the bar whereas last time we went in if Hayes and McGinn are on form then we're always in my chance of winning a game um, so that was good do you think and Hayes I, meant it? oh nah it like a to me it's quite funny how it happened last year as well but it just shows no importance of getting a ball, the ball into the box yeah. getting a ball into the box there's always a chance something will happen oh, Rob McLean says uh, he put the ball into a, a great area and then realised quite quickly what he'd said and then he said there's no greater area than the post in. <laughs> but I did well. Actually, forgetting actually, Reynolds had a good clearance as well at the start of the second half as well. Where Ross County having a chance. I think it was on a corner. Um, so that bit. No, I don't know. Ross County seemed to, they kind of seemed to have dropped off in the last few weeks and I think it's probably uh, linked in with Boyce's goals have dried up a bit. So he's kind of lost the form mm. that he had there this year right. in terms of scoring. But still in the top six, Ross County, so they're still having a good season. Mm-hmm. Though, when you start looking, Motherwell are in 11th place and 15 points and only six points behind Ross County. So there's not a lot between a lot of teams. If you look at between Motherwell in 11th and then probably Hamilton in 5th, 22, so yeah, seven points but, separating them. Yeah, and there's another seven points from between Motherwell and Dundee United, which is probably the bad news for them. And it, it, it doesn't help when, yet again, then United go 1-0 up through Bill McGuire to have a lot of chances, oh, they, they don't goals. go in, and then Gavin Gunning scores an absolute cracking on goal. Oh, aye. What was he doing? <laughs> Pinpoint. Uh, he, I noticed they put in sports in how he was almost like the, a sweeper at a corner, if, it, if that makes sense. Everyone else is marking someone, and it was a few of a sweeper. Uh, it was a cracking free header. Uh, he, put it, he put it exactly where he was meaning to as well. That's what I don't get. I don't know how he can do, how he can do that. And then just just to top it off, he then turned into a defender and ended up picking a fight with him. Not a defender, an attacker. <laughs> aye, aye, there was no need for that. No, yeah. oh, he, I don't like Gavin Gunn, he's a fud. But I don't think he'd had loads of good chances. It they was surprising how many they had. Yeah. They could have been, if, if they'd been 3 4 0 up at half time, I think that would have been fair. Uh, but I mean, and that's a big difference. See, if they'd got that second goal, I think that would. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Um, they get that second goal, and probably it's not just the players; it'll be the crowd as well, because the crowd must feel at ease when the fact they're like them struggling to score so much, thinking if we score one, we're not, not going to win the game. If, maybe they even get a draw. They know that they probably need to score just now two goals to even get something out of the game because our defence isn't that bad. To be fair, I can kind of sympathise with that because even. Until we got the third goal against Inverness on Sunday, it was a matter of the start chance Inverness could take something for us. And I think what we just said that it was the same at Aberdeen that until they got the third goal, there was never that there was never that confidence in they were going to get the three points. It was a wee bit of edginess. Once you get the the, the two goal cushion, then, then you can get a sigh of relief and you can play your football and you can just see it in the game. But there's a lot of edginess around. <laughs> I had a signs on it, even though Sunday night it seems daft all week because obviously. They're still struggling, don't you think? But I think there are signs under Parley and there are some improvements, certainly. 
I think but so, but they, they, they desperately need someone else to points. fill in. Aye. I mean, um, for all we say, there was plenty of chances that Dundee United had. They were almost all Bill McKay. It was aye. almost a Bill McKay versus Michael McGovern show. See, though, the fixtures up till Christmas, they're reasonably favourable. Because they've got Kelly away. Okay, Kelly will go into Bounce Park from the weekend. They've then got Partick that's at home. Uh, Inverness away, and then Motherwell at home. So it's so all teams no, just sort of directly above them, yeah. Aye, which is, if they're going to pick up points, those four games are the time to do it, certainly. Mm-hmm, definitely. Aye, if they can pick up some decent points in that, it closes the gap again, and, and it's game on. One thing I think has been a bit strange is the way Mixu's come in, and he's been he's been managing expectations quite a bit by talking about how it's going to be a, a, a long winter, it's going to be a hard slogan it's just it's unusual for a manager to come in and be like that and, and be be such a, a realist I think, you know, the, it, I think the players need it though as well I, I, I think so I think that there's, there's a long way to January and there's a lot of games between now and then and I don't know if Danny Reiter going to do any business in the January transfer window either but even even getting there is, there's, there's, there's some crucial games and what you've just said they're all against the teams directly above um, but what you say, you, what you don't want to do is come in and do what Terry Butcher did and start savaging the players you've got. Aye, it could, it could. This, if they can stay up, then it could be a massive season for some of their youngsters because they have, they have got a few good few youngsters in their team. Um, and we've seen it before, but like Hearts, the benefit their youngsters got with having a challenging season. But I don't know. They, they really need Pong. I they need Pong to come in and mm-hmm. start scoring. Or I wonder if they're going to gonna be they're going to have one wee eye on the potential for reconstruction because it's went awfully quiet. But I'm sure that the end of this season is the the time where they could they could introduce something. But it surely wouldn't happen as soon as that season, would it? There was a bit of a lockdown before. Was it three years? Yeah, when but have we not had those three seasons? Is this not the third one? Yeah, I think they couldn't do it until after the third season, so they could do something yeah. this summer. But I don't. Yeah, I think I, I think they needed to have planned it before now. Right. Although it's, it's, it's Scottish football, so who knows? They might change it in April. Yeah, <laughs> might depend on the Rangers field. I think there's plenty in the championship that warrants a, a larger oh, yeah. league. I agree. Not that we're yeah, ever going to get that. how they would make up the deficit. In so I, I would prefer a bigger league, but. You'd have your thing like games, but see, talk about maybe re- obviously the cups get rescheduled. But are folk going to take as much interest in the group stage of the cup if it's I don't know, maybe the weird teams have got bigger crowds, but I can't see it really benefiting the, the kind of bigger teams, so they'll probably lose out on money. Aye, it has to be some way getting getting that shortfall in money made up for weather because you've got more teams to split the money with Peter as well for the TV deal, which again would probably be a shortfall. Which is a problem, and I was actually against the split. But I, the last couple of seasons, I've quite enjoyed the split. It's actually been oh yeah, I think I'm a, a fan of the split now. Um, I hate the split. I hate the split purely because I hate the split purely because it takes me till April to know what I can do in May. You can't schedule anything. You can't plan yeah, anything. Yep. But I think yeah, it has like started to the end of the season. Um, again, with the playoffs, I, I was a wee bit against the way they do the playoffs, but then it worked out all right last season, mostly. In terms of there was six or nine or ten games, I still don't like the way they do the playoffs uh, yeah. with the relegation last chance alone. I still object to that as well because every single team that won the playoffs in the summer there was a team that was staying up. up instead of coming Aye. up. Yeah, yeah 
that's not right. Aye, I think we should revisit those as players. Just wasn't fair. So, but there's a few difficulties in terms of how they would yeah. set up a 16 team. Like, if it was 16, but I think 16 would work alright. I think we've had 14, 14 before, haven't we? In the 80s or 90s? Um, I, think, I don't think, I don't, think I don't know. I th- the good thing about 14 is you could keep the number of fixtures because you could do the split, you would do home and away, then split, you don't end up with a stupid. But you could make have twenty home games and eighteen away games. You might go to one club three times. You don't end up with that because to get the, I think you end up doing like six and eight. So one set plays thirty six games. One set plays forty. Aye. But oh, yes. I think you do if you top six and bottom eight. Then what, because the top teams are in the top six, then they don't quite into thirty eight games. They make up the kind of numbers. And that's where the TV interest is, and then the forty makes up for it because of extra games, extra <laughs> income. The thing that might help a long term is the pyramid system, but it's whether I don't. I still have my doubts as to how many teams are actually interested in the pyramid system. I think the teams in the Lowland League are interested in it. They want to get forward, but see teams in the Highland League, and Andy's mentioned it as well. I don't think there's much interest in a lot of the Highland League teams coming into the SPFL. So I have a, I have a great idea how to get least then if you had teams, if you had more teams coming in. Yeah, but he, should he, we have even forty-two teams? In well, that's what I was going to say. Here's the, here's the way no, to generate the interest in the pyramid system. What you do is you make two leagues of sixteen, and then everything below that's a pyramid. Therefore, you're kicking ten teams out of the SPFL currently, and then they're the ones that want to bring it back into it. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not going. To, I don't think they're going to agree to that. That's the problem. No, because it would be Turkey's vote for Christmas. Yeah. That's half it's the problem. Just that, but you've then got the Scottish Cup because they all your members of the SPFL get. get into the Aye, but you can make sure the rules say that they still get into the Scottish Cup. That's not a problem. In fact, you can ex- you could probably you could probably extend the League Cup to co- include the other. But actually, I would the bother. The League Cup should just be the thirty-two teams. There we go. <laughs> Everybody starts at round one. Drop down. Yeah. I, th- I think if they were to, if, if you had, I, I would. I, you could have your two top leagues and then have regional leagues below it. But it is yeah. whether. Ah, it's whether how many of these teams, as I say, are really interested in being in the pyramid. But I think it's for a lot of teams, a lot of kind of teams, it's just been forced upon them. I think the regional thing is how you would need to sell it to those teams you are kicking out the league. You're going, okay, you're not going to be in the, one of the top two divisions anymore, but you're going to be in a regional league. You're going to be able to cut your costs because you won't be travelling here, there, and everywhere like you have been previously. You don't get silly situations where Peter Head need to go to Stranraer in the league game, that kind of thing. A lot of these lowland te- league teams as well, even if they do get successful, it's probably going to be a bit similar to like the likes of Ross County and Inverness. There's probably not a fan base there. So if you look at a lot of teams that are maybe they're maybe Glasgow based or Edinburgh based. Yeah. Aye, to be fair, so, R- R- Ross County have a really good fan base for the size of the Dingwall. Half size. <laughs> Aye. But, but I mean, there's nothing you can do about Dingwall only holding uh, what five thousand five hundred people over it is. Or the, the I was going to say capacity of the town the population of the town because if you look at Inverness I mean they, after the success they had last year it's not as if they've had any the great increase in crowds it might happen long term though once this, the kind of younger generation grows up you say that but Inverness, but St Johnson don't have this big massive boost of no. fans either I mean St Johnson can be like people in the door. In fact, St. Johnson seem to be one of the couple of teams that have had a drop in attendance since last season. Now, that's a, that's a St. Johnson team who are doing consistently well, consistently getting into Europe, won their first major trophy last year. 2014, last year, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> the season before last. 
they still can't get the no. It's just like, the, I think these teams just have a a maximum and they're never going to go for it unless they have the occasional cup final, in which case they'll bring half a down. Uh, see, see, possibly as well, what would happen? though see if you went steam team league. I think you would end up that it would only be the top league that would have full time teams. I think below that would be part time. Possibly, but it, de- it would depend how you'd be able to sell. The, I think you need to be able to sell the uh, the two divisions together. And I don't know if any TV company is going to have any interest in that. Because if, no. si- if you've got 16 teams in the top division, all the teams that they want to show on tell are in there. And the top one, not, what, nobody's going to want to show the bottom one. So. Yeah, then you're relying on somebody like BBC Alba, if they're still about and they're, they're current guys, to, yeah. to step in and purchase what they can on the cheap. Uh, we probably digressed a bit though anyway, because I've well, We have, one thing, we, we never finished talking about the Scottish Cup, because <laughs> all we mentioned was Aaron Dunfermline. But uh, there, was, there, was, there was quite a few draws because um, I think the big one was Inverurie Local Works 4 and an Athletic 4. That was a bit of a ding dong that game. Good result for East Kilbride. Aye, two each it's now as well. So, and they go, go to East Kilbride, mm-hmm. the replay. So. With the wish at the end, they go to East Kilbride. Navigate all the roundabouts. Aye, that's aye. So. It's a shame that was ignored by. I know. Like the highlights package, it just surely that's available to, to show these games, even from just a, a single camera. Surely we can get there, there must be something because the, there's a video of Huntley and Lothian Thistle, Hutchison Vale, the one each draw that they had. Uh, so, it's, it's on the website, it, so I don't know. Maybe it is, I don't know. Right. I think the, the other the other eye, was briefly eyebrow raising was um, Falkirk and Fraserburgh. Because Falkirk were one one now, Fraserburg equalised. And then we're getting dead excited about that and open all mics on Saturday. But eventually Falkirk won 4 1, so it was, it was good at least for a, a, a short period of time for, for Fraserburg. Whatever happens anyway in the next round, there's going to be a low on the team anyway, because they're still in incumbent on Colts. So, yeah, that's tomorrow night. If one of them was to get a, a Premiership team, would be really good for them. What's Sterling, is it? <laughs> Oh, maybe it's not actually. I'm <laughs> just automatically thinking Sterling Uri. I'm so that, you're, that you're game's on Tuesday night. You're local, Craig. I never want to tell us. Yeah. Local knowledge. I, I, well, you know me, I follow my local team, Rangers. Yeah, you get it? the local knowledge. <laughs> That's for you. Surely there's a buzz about your place if I still had a cup. Aye, <laughs> probably, probably. Aye. I think it's not that bad, actually. Oh, mind you, even then, it's no quick. Yeah, let's see. But Sterling, Sterling. Aye, Sterling, you get knocked out in the second down, so it's not that bad. I mean. Yeah, goes that. <laughs> there'll, there'll still be a few non-league teams at least because Wick Academy and Wisco Rose are playing on right. Saturday the replay. Losing to Swatchesville Huntley are playing again on Saturday. Aye, Cove Rangers and Fort Martin they're playing. So that's, there's Lothian, at least three there. Huntley. Yeah, so there'll just, be a few, aye. I just mentioned that. <laughs> Did you, aye? That's twice I've mentioned Losing to Swatchesville. It still sounds like two teams merged together and couldn't be bored coming up with a new name. 
I think someone said it was two teams mere together. Or did we? I I looked up because I'd always heard of Hutchivale as a, a team, and apparently, because I thought that was Hutchivale, but it's not. It's something. I think it's Lothian Thistle, and I think they just changed their name because it's not really a merger, but I think it's acknowledgement of Hutchivale as a feeder team. I like a boys club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so coming to the top flight in, in Scotland, Celtic done United. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Dundee United used to be Dundee Hibernian, but I don't know if that's because they were aside. <laughs> I think it's just because they were fond of the, the, the Irish in Dundee. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, uh, themselves on the Hibernian. Well, the, so did Celtic at once. Yep. It was uh, Hibs won the Scottish Cup in 1887, that's kind of one of the things that kick-started the idea of having Celtic. I know it's a shocking idea of Hibs winning the Scottish Cup, wasn't it? So what about the charity bet then? Right, well, the charity bet was utter rubbish last week, as we know. Um, the, the the other problem we had was, was our, uh, our choice. John Barrowman. John, John Barrowman, yes. <laughs> and it was well being John Barrowman, because Andy Barrowman didn't even start the game on Tuesday. Aye, and it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday, aye, I know. Aye. I did a good job of kidding out with Bookie, we meant that. <laughs> aye. <laughs> now we'll get back to winning ways this week. Hopefully, right, we've got Craig on. Craig's got a hundred percent record this season. So no pressure. Aye, no pressure. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh the professional has him's gone. Now he's not a host. That's the whiskey. That's the whiskey talking. Uh, I how many you had now? I'm allowed I'm allowed to do that. No, I've only had one because my whiskey I can reach the fridge on my headset, but I can't reach the But the ball beside you. It's too far away. Oh, I'm on juice now. Is, have you put it in the high shelf or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's too big a walk. Are you don't plug in the whiskey? Walk. You don't plug in the whiskey like you do tenants? No, no, oh. because I'm quite loyal to tenants. Oh, like is it Scottish, is it? Are you drinking James or something? It was actually Highland Park. Right. So, yeah, there you go. So, so there's <laughs> a lot of team in the Scottish Cup. Johnny Walker, Black Label next. Well, that's the one nearest to me. Are you just going to name all the whiskeys you've got and see if anyone I'm sending you on? I don't, I don't think I'll get free whiskey. No, I'm quite happy if I get more pens. Right. Well, what we'll do is, while well, uh, Craig is thinking about what we're going to have for the, the first goal scorer bet, we'll go and do the, the predictions for the Premiership on the weekend, yeah. and then we can see if there's anything decent in there for us to pick from. And we'll also get a first goal scorer bet off Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're all Saturday this week. Uh, we'll start off with the 12.30 kick-off. It's live in Sky Sports. It's Dundee versus Aberdeen. John, we're leaving this one to you first, I think. Oh, right, okay. Um, can Dundee get a fifth one all in a row? Nah, but I think that good times back at Aberdeen. I think we will win 2-1. Uh, both teams to score. I thought you might go for that after you started running about Dundee. Aye, um, just because our defence isn't as good as it was earlier in the season. Aye, I'm, go- I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. Actually, I think I think Aberdeen will probably edge it. I don't see this being another one each draw. I'd like it to be another one each draw, to be honest. But no, I think Aberdeen will probably edge it two one. Oh, it's the bogey team. Aye, they're a bogey team last season. They're not this season. They're but they are draw draw specialists. They are draw specialists. If I was that team, Dundee. But you beat them earlier this right, season, I'm... so. Aye, exactly. For the. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. 
the odds Dundee are 31 to 10 the draw is 13 to 5 and Aberdeen are 9 to 10 ok so that takes us on to the 3 o'clock kickoffs, and we'll start off at Celtic Park with Celtic versus Hamilton I suppose I should go first on this one Neil it's, it's, it's a novelty with Celtic have got a midweek off there's no international break or nothing there's a whole week so I'm going to I'm going to back Celtic to come into this refreshed and, and maybe get a well, our defence is rubbish, so we'll not get a clean sheet, but I'll maybe say 3 1. You've, had, you've kept 8 clean sheets. I know, but I'm still not back in our clean sheet. <laughs> Depends on Hamilton, why not? Because if they board up the, the goal, then we'll probably struggle to score again. But I, I don't think Hamilton play like that, so I'll, I'll say 3 1. Aye, Hamilton are usually pretty expansive. Uh, they gave us a good uh, game at uh, New Douglas Park a few weeks ago, I mean, I mean they took the lead after Boyata's slip. I think that had a lot of the conditions had a lot to do with that, but uh, Griffiths fortunately scored one and made one as well. So I will for two one to Celtic. I'm going two 0 Celtic. Uh, the odds, as always, Celtic at home are terrible. Celtic are one to six. <laughs> the draw is seven to one, and Hamilton are fourteen to one. But probably fair enough. Probably. Celtic's home record domestically. Yeah, but it's not it's not like St. Martin Ivrox, is it? <laughs> oh, I did. 30 to 1 or something? Uh, keep, keep going. 35, is it? What was it, Craig? 55 to 1 or something? 55. Ah, yeah, I was desperately trying to log in to get a bet on that. Cause I 55 to 1. That is, that's not easy money. By that must have been a mistake, though. But that's, that's well worth a bet. Oh, it was definitely because it went down to 25. Aye, because they would have refused to pay out at 55 to 1, probably. They would have said, I think, you know, they can say, oh, if there was a mistake, then oh, you're, you're not getting that price. See, to be honest, it could have been 100 to 1 for us at Mernover, for what I had in the game. As we spoke about it earlier, so it doesn't matter. What I was going to do was, I was going to put money on that, and then I was going to pile money on the Rangers on a draw, knowing that I had that cover. That's how I was going to make my money. No, oh, the time I locked in, it was 25. Hedging By the end of, this, end of this season, we'll have get-rich-quick schemes all over the place with Ben, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Okay, next up is Hearts versus Inverness. Uh, I think Hearts will get back to the winning ways here. They'll be fairly decent at home, so I'll, I'll say 2-1 Hearts. On you go, Craig. Alright, I think I'm going to go 2-0. Hearts. Uh, I will go for I uh, two under Hearts as well. Uh, hearts are nine to ten. The draws thirteen to five, and Inverness are sixteen to five. So I think Hearts are probably a contender. Though after the weekend there, maybe we should leave them alone. No, I think Inverness aren't quite as good about Ryan Christie in the team. They're, they are. They are. They are slowly getting people back at the back, but. Until Christie comes back, I think they're, they're lacking a bit. Even if they did give us a decent game. It's all about story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so next up we've got Kilmarnock versus Dundee United. <sighs> Here's a hard one. Kilmarnock <laughs> uh, will want to bounce back and Dundee United will just want to not lose. Kilmarnock's home form isn't very good. Yeah. They've only won two or eight, but then. Didn't Dundee United have only won one away and only scored four goals. Pretty pitiful. 
Right, let's make Craig pick this one first. 1-0 to Kelly. 1-0 Kelly, right. 1-0 Kelly. I will go... I'm going to say 2-1 Kelly. Aye, I can't see Kelly keeping a clean sheet. Billy Mackay's going. Probably. I'm going to actually go for a 2-0 draw. 2 goals for Billy Mackay Well, that's usually... I think a decent amount of goals would come on at play. Yeah, I think uh, there is, but I think it depends how good Jamie McDonald is that day. Aye, but he makes it and I think there has been signs that Dundee United are improving a wee bit. So aye, I'll go for a Desmond 2 all. Kamarica are eight to five, the draws five to two, and Dundee United are thirteen to eight. do we even dare to put Kamarica hearts on as the, the devil again this week? Just <laughs> having failed to do it last week. Well, I've backed a draw, so Ah, I suppose you did. Uh, just that it was that 85 made a laugh. Anyway, right. Party of Thistle versus Motherwell. I'm going to back to Thistle, I think. Yep. Go in before me. 2 0. Yep. See, the one thing about Party of Thistle is they're usually inconsistent. Yep. Probably good beat. <laughs> so, I'll go for another draw here. Um, but this time, just 1 0. I've just noticed every team, every game so far, I've get both teams scoring, but surely can't happen twice in two weeks. Uh, Thistle are evens; the draws five to two, and Motherwell fourteen to five. And the final game of the weekend is Ross County St Johnson. That could be a good game actually. Ross County be looking to try and regain some form at home, but St Johnson, no. I know they drew on Friday night there, but they'll be. I'll be hoping they can regain that and keep their, their march on at the, towards the top of the table. Well, Home form has been decent for us, County. Yeah. Won five. No drawing any games yet. At home. Alright, I'm going to reach in. And, and, and St. Johnson haven't drawn away from home. So. I'm, 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 it, I'm going both teams to score one each. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I both teams to score so 2 1 Ross County. Uh, I'll go for St. Johnson to win. That's them, I think they're going for seven or away wins in a row in all competitions. That's impressive. So I will go for Ross County 1, St. Johnson 2. Uh, sorry, Ross County 1, St. Johnson 2. <laughs> uh, Ross County are 6 to 5, Ross 12 to 5, and St. Johnson 23 to 10. Alright, so the only thing we really agreed on there was Hearts. Aye. And that was what, 9 to 10? Yeah. It's not bad. Um, Need something to go away though. But, I wonder Personally, I fancy Queen of South at St. Martin, but that's me. Queen of South sounds forms me a bit. I know, Diff- but St. Martin are rotten. Um, Wait a minute, that's 95. Right, that's exactly. That's what I fancy it. It's no great odds, but I'll be in Rovers seven to ten at home as North. Uh, it's not bad. We'd maybe have to yeah. find something else. To oh, think give me them Fernland at home to break him. there's no point yeah. even putting that. Them Fernland slap up at Ranger Bet. That's what one of the betters. Um, Falkirk, they're again too short there to eleven to twenty. I think Queen of South's a good one. There's good value in Queen of South, it's whether it's, it's, it's likely to come in or not. Aye, 
Let's try and see what their away form's like. It's good in the south. Try and find internet's running a bit slow. I can throw it in though. I'm still waiting for it to come up. Just throw oh, it. Oh, here we are. Dial up's working. Uh, well, that double is £53.20 for Queen of South yeah, and Hearts. It's not bad. I know we tend to avoid League 2, but East Stirling versus Clyde. Must fancy Clyde, they're in decent run of form. They're 37 to 40 for the win, away from home. Well, I was going to pick a Clyde player, possibly for my first scorer, so that could be a, uh, all our eggs in one basket. See, where Queen of South, they've won three away, so that's pretty decent. And St Mirren, man, they're doing it again. Remember last season, they never won at home for ages. They've right. won at home in the league. No, their home form's garbage. That's so why go with Queen of South? I think we I think we stick with a double. I think Clyde's worth a note for just anyone that wants to stick a bet on at thirty seven to forty because that's reasonable odds and they're on decent they're on a form for what I remember. But well, aye, for the, it, aye. Uh, aye, they're playing um away East Stirling. Oh, how's that not coming up in Mitbookie? I've got it in Mitbookie. <laughs> I've got it in the Scottish football section. Yep. Uh, that's not gonna come Let's see. Aye, thirty seven to forty. Right, so the, the double in Queen of South and Queen of South and Hearts, yeah. Right, fifty three pound twenty pence. Sounds good to me. Are we going back to Baird? No, well, I'll tell you what I was thinking, right? I had a quick look and I seen Clyde right away to East Stirling. Now, if we're gonna go with Clyde, there's only one man to go for and oh. that is David Gormley. Oh, you showing yeah, you showing your knowledge. You've been listening to the podcast, eh, Craig? <laughs> Four <laughs> goals. Aye, but see, prior to that, he'd only scored two. He scored, well, he scored in the game before that. But you're right, he went on a bit of a drought. So then that then that took me away from him to look at Dunfermline against Brecon. Now Dunfermline should be should be a gimme there, right? But then that takes us into the like Joe Cardell territory, mm-hmm. back to a. Aye, back to it. No score for ages. Or did boy? We know I scored at weekend. Otherwise, I'm... I don't think he did. Did he? But he's no score since the third of October. Score. Back to it. There you go. He's, he's long overdue. Go. He does. Fairman are no scoring for fun, really. But I think Joe Cardell is uh, the obvious one there. The Cardell. I think I think Cardell's a good shoot. That's one. Cardigan shoot, go with him ahead of Hibbert. Yeah. Aye, because Livingston are a bit hit and miss. I don't know what they're going to do this week. I know they're 5 to 1 to get the win, but I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they cause Falkirk a few problems. Aye, well, they, they, they do alright against the bigger teams, don't they? Aye, they're decent, then uh, obviously they got the, the result against Rangers, but mm-hmm. then even before that, I thought. Aye, it was a narrow, narrow defeat, perhaps, wasn't it? 2 1 or something. But they're a good football inside as well. They're, they're, Better than their, their placing in the league suggests. I know. Right, so I could go with Cardo then. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I don't, the odds aren't up. I've just checked. See if his dad retweets it. <laughs> Hopefully, Gormley doesn't score. Well, Cardo Cardo came in last time we put a bet on him, so Aye. so hopefully ball again. Aye, Gormley can score second and third and fourth if he wants. Probably, probably. He's a type of player that going out on a scoring in a few games, but. If, I think if he scores again at the weekend, he's one to definitely be worth watching. Good yeah. But I will go with Cardo this week. And uh, let's see, Queen of Saves and Hearts is the, the rest of the, the bet. So I think that's us for the week. Unless you guys have anything else to talk about. Well, I wanted to mention something. Okay. That's alright. And uh, the forum, 
uh, forums.scottishfootball4k and the predictor I've got a monthly prize £10 to the person who wins the most points well the problem is this month <laughs> there is a tie it's not you is it it's not me of course it's not me I forgot <laughs> to do the predictions this weekend oh, you, you don't want to send emails you know <laughs> That's the, automated, that's the automated computer system. See if I'm not on the podcast, I forget. I know, see when I was away, I was, I was, I was, I was quite happy I remembered. And I get emails, I get emails, but I, I forget. I get the emails, no, no, I forget. Anyway, there's <laughs> four people tied at the top. Four people? Buddy Marvellous, LL Scotty T, Ruglin Rebel and Samuel. They're all on the same point, so what the rules says is there is going to be a tie-break question. Now what I normally do is what is the attendance going to be in a certain game? Now that just leaves it pretty wide open to guesses and whoever's close gets the tenor. So I wanted to put up for discussion which game should I use for that. I was going to make a suggestion. See how the celebrity food names, you could have the best uh, footballer food name. Well, John, the problem with that is the last time I did this, I think there was three people tied at the top and only one person responded uh. to my email in time, despite me doing it early in the week. So I'd, I want to make it as easy as possible. Aye, for them. Aye. All right. Now, if it's had attendance, they can just come up with any number off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. 10,000 and, and they might come close. Who knows? So what uh, do you think? Dundee Aberdeen. Because both of them are well-supported teams. Ah, the game's in the telly as well, so that might throw it out a wee bit. Well, that's an right. interesting one, that's a good shout. Right, I'll do that then. Nails, I'll ask them for the attendance. The predicted attendance for that, and whoever's closest or whoever answers <laughs> will, will get the ten up. <laughs> that's me. That's, that's the bit I wanted to add in, that's what I've written down in my notes. I thought, I thought while you were doing that, I'd have a look and see what the, the, the kind of predictions are like and you're sitting at 77 points for the season that's not bad Craig I'm only 63 John you're in 62 so we obviously, we're obviously aye. copying each other too much in this podcast well last week we copied each other a bit didn't we aye terrible for it I'm only in 90, 90th place so aye, what's, what's, leader, what's leader on how many points 93 93 I'm on 77 so that's, that's, that's not bad at least you're in the top 100 I'm about 400 odds we have that what if I'd remembered my predictions that weekend there? I didn't oh, did so well. Aye, aye. What if you think... I think I've had two weeks I forgot my predictions. You're rubbish. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be up there. That would have been 12 points guaranteed each week. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got my stats, so that's me. Oh, aye. My, my favourite button in that, that predictor is the one about how the Premiership was looking for your corrections. Correct. Oh, aye. I, I haven't actually predicted Celtic losing yet. <laughs> Oh, fine. Let, let me see where I, what I've got. I'll, I'll inevitably have Aberdeen. Was it no last week? That was the first time I'd picked Aberdeen no to win, probably. I backed a draw and then we won. <laughs> uh, so how the Premiership should we let's see. <laughs> yep, Aberdeen are top by five points. They've won, <laughs> they've, they've won 12 and drawn two. But I bet, see, Partick Thistle, I've only... Uh, Partick Thistle would have three points. Oh, I thought I was bad because I've got Thistle on nine. So I'm well on two points. Right, pretty, uh, my top four's alright, but actually probably my top five is... Aye, I've got Celtic, Hearts, Aberdeen, Ross County and Dundee St Johnson, top six. That's not bad. That's not far yeah, off. Pretty much the same. Uh, my problem is I've only got Aberdeen flames. 
I'm a Southern aversion to April. I, I've only got Aberdeen playing 14 games. I've got Hearts and Dundee. I really don't like them. I've only got them playing 13 games. All, all my teams have played 16 games. I'm, I'm perfect at 10 so far. Oh, well, you've got no excuse. <laughs> In fact, I've only got Motherwell on 14. Only got two points. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, it's quite a jack well, you know, it's quite a trade. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet. I'm going to put that out in the, the podcast account. I'm a bit sure my, my ship. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you're part of the predictor, you can go into the, the website and see what your predictions would make the, the league table like. It's worth, it's worth a look because it's, it's quite interesting. That's all. And uh, as, as Craig suggested, if you want to forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk you can sign up and join in the banter and there's plenty there to talk about I st- I'm, st- I'm still moaning the loss of the, the not safe for work thread but oh, easy, easy come easy go <laughs> <laughs> some, some, people, some people did <laughs> aye aye yeah, the, the forum sponsors weren't happy with the what, oh, it's, what it's, it's tasteful and there was no exactly it was, it's no worse than what you see and I'm a celebrity to get me out of here let's face it exactly it's gone it's got good they, they, I mean they're, they're sponsored by Aunt Bessie's come on how much more homely can you get <laughs> ok that's, that's definitely off on a tangent now so I think we should call that a night so uh, thanks for everybody for listening and thanks for coming on guys Aye, thanks for having me back on again. It was good. That was a pleasure. Nice catch up, Craig. I hope, I, as my, my boss here, you're going to mark me. It's doing pretty good. And the podcast was all over the place, I must admit. <laughs> we jumped here and everywhere, but it was good fun. It was, it was, it was natural conversation. Yeah, this is some of the best podcasts. Yep. So. You're always welcome back on, of course, Craig. Oh, I think I'll, I think I'll be on again. But I, I really need to get to a game. I've not been such a long time because I've got a game tomorrow night and hopefully get back in there on it. Chris and me have shown you what can be done. <laughs> Chris and me, how much? Many like you've been this season, Chris. Uh, one Celtic game and two Scotland games. I have. I've only been. <laughs> I think I've been there. Uh, well, I've been at a few Tammy games, but no many. Have I been there? I've been games. I don't think I have, which is bad. But I want more Saturdays. I've been there more Morton games than I have Aberdeen games. That's how bad it's been. Ouch. It was a Friday night game, but. Know. We see if we get by all right. Yeah. I, I, I just turned up for the big games. I've been to Malmo, Germany, and Poland. We, pro- we probably see as much as what the folks see in sports scene. So, no, we see more than that. Some weeks I'm lucky if I do that. Right, anyway, there we go. <laughs> right, talk to you all next week. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Right, cheers. cheers.